There are certain universities who want to crow about their entrance into the Big 12 being better than others. Speaking of one up in Salt Lake City, Utah, but some good news came by way of Mac Rhodes, Baylor AD to 365 Sports. All 16 members of the new Big 12 in 2024 getting equal shares. We're breaking down how big a news that is on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. By way of introduction, we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. My name is Jay Catch. I am your BYU insider working for KSL Sports, the KSL Sports Zone, I should say. Uh, obviously, been covering BYU for the past 13 years and obviously uh, very excited to talk all things Cougars on today's show, but some good news came yesterday. It was a confirmation of a report that came out late last week, but uh, some of you may be familiar with 365 Sports down in Waco, Texas. David Smoke and his crew, Paul Catalina, etc. Great dudes. I, I've been on their radio and YouTube uh, stream multiple times over the past few years. Great guys who are very plugged into everything going on in the Big 12 Conference. Yesterday, they had Baylor AD Mac Rhodes on their program, and he confirmed the report from Brett McMurphy that all 16 member schools of the Big 12 in 2024, yes, that includes the four uh, newcomers uh, as of last week, speaking of Arizona State, Arizona, Utah, and Colorado, also BYU, uh, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston, all 16 along with the original eight are going to be equal share members in 2024. So all that smack talk coming from certain fan bases about their entrance into the Big 12 and BYU's face being shoved in the mud saying, well, we're a full share member, you guys aren't. It's not true. It is going to be equal shares. Now, it's not the $31.7 million that will be paid out beginning in 2025 when the full share uh, members would have, uh, like BYU, were supposed to get that money. That's obviously going to kick in in 2025. Next year, it is going to be full shares, albeit it'll be a lower number in terms of overall money because of the pro rata clauses from both ESPN as well as Fox Sports. Even though, as uh, 365 Sports did clarify, they're not contractually obligated to do so, speaking of ESPN and Fox. But Mac Rhodes said it's something that all of the parties involved, all 16 new members, have agreed to this. So this is a very positive thing because it puts everybody on an even footing. There's no programs coming in who are quote-unquote superior to others, and they're not going to be able to shove your face in the mud on social media, etc. I'm speaking of Utah. Their fans have been crowing nonstop since they uh, got into the conference about, we're going to be full-share members. BYU's only partial share. You know what? BYU's partial share for this year. Then now Next year, when Utah enters the conference, it's equal shares. This is also, I think, the right way to approach this because you would have had an, uh, I don't know, I, I want to call it unbalanced setup or an unequal setup. Obviously, it would have been unequal revenue share if they continued to do what they were going to do. Speaking of the four uh, incoming programs this year, speaking of the Cougars, uh, both Cougars, Houston and BYU, as well as the UCF Knights and Cincinnati Bearcats, uh, obviously, it would have put them at a financial disadvantage, but I think this is the right way to make everything whole. Now, as I report, 
reported last week the current media rights deal for the Big 12 pays $220 million. Now, with pro rata clauses, that assumes that that pot will be increased by at least uh, $22 million per the four newcomers from this past couple of weeks of the Pac-12 schools coming in. So that pushes it closer to somewhere in the $300 million range or so. Now, I, I don't have necessarily a firm number on that, but this is going to be, I think, a boon for all the conference. Obviously, you increase the pie overall. You divvy it out to everybody on an equal, uh, on an equal share basis. And then in 2025, you really start cashing in with the new Media rights still that pays $380 million for the 12 members. By the way, you're going to add to that, obviously, with the four newcomers as well. It's supposed to be $31.7 million uh, per team. So if a pro rata kicks in, you can imagine a $380 million, add $120 million and change to that. That's Five hundred—that's half a billion dollars—is what is expected to be the revenue pot uh, in terms of just sheer media rights for all 16 members in this Big 12 conference. This is an absolute home run uh, job, uh, home run hit, I guess I should say, from Brett Yormark. He has built this conference into a, a fairly uh, robust. Uh, conference. They are going to have half a billion dollars in terms of overall media rights to share. Obviously, NCAA tournament shares, bowl game payouts, uh, upcoming media, not media rights, uh, data rights, deal that he has promised is coming relatively soon. All of that is going to add to that pot. This is a conference that could easily clear north of $50 million in very short order. Now, obviously, the SEC and the Big Ten, the projections are they're starting both around uh, 60 to $70 million and uh, just within a few years time they're expected to make a hundred million dollars uh, per team in those conferences but the big 12 is trying to keep pace as best they can will they ever catch those conferences i don't think so i just I, I don't see it happening at least in the relatively near future but the nice part is there is going to be a lot of money flowing in the big 12 and any newcomers into this conference whether they are byu this year or their utah arizona, arizona state you guys know what i'm talking about any of these programs coming in have got to feel fairly secure financially because right now you could be Cal. You could be Oregon State. Both of them have undergone massive uh, renovations of their football stadiums in the not-too-far-distant past. Uh, Cal's about 10 years ago. They have a, just an absolute uh, debt servicing uh, thing. that They pay like $16 million in interest payments alone annually on uh, Cal's renovation of their stadium. Oregon State just went through a $160 million renovation of Research Stadium up there in Corvallis, and all of a sudden they're looking at what? A payout potentially from the Mountain West that averages $4 million a year. The AAC somewhere around $8 million. If they can finagle a way to keep the, the Pac-12 alive, maybe that yeah, increases a little bit, but even then, that media right still ends after this year. So, the situation is that those schools coming into the conference, especially the ones from the Pac-12, have got to be thinking they're lucky stars in many respects. They should be, at least. Now, I do know that Arizona State, they've made it very clear that they're cracking on Morgantown, West Virginia, and Barry Trammell out there at the Oklahoma and saying, hey, you know what, cool your Jets. I just think that there are some programs, I'm speaking of two in particular, I've, I've broken this before, I've, I've not broken, I've talked about it, Utah and Arizona State, they wanted nothing more than to stick with the Pac-12. When they realized it was just an untenable situation, they made the jump to the Big 12. Will they become happy, productive members of the conference? I fully expect them to, but at the same time, they have not been as enthusiastic as, say, Arizona and Colorado coming into this conference. Obviously, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF have been ecstatic getting the call-up, quote-unquote, from the G5 ranks and BYU out of independence to join this conference. The, the, the best thing that can happen for this conference is to have all 16 members just buy in. 
That's what needs to happen here because you've got to have this conference work in concert with one another. If you've got some pull in one direction and others pull in, in another way, it's not going to be healthy for this conference. You're obviously trying to play catch up and uh, chase down the SEC and the Big Ten who have a fairly sizable lead over you and probably will maintain that lead no matter what. But the best you can do is to work together, build a good product on the gridiron, on the basketball court, and wherever else uh, you happen to play your sports in the Big 12 Conference and work in concert with one another. Another. This is a conference of, I call it, and we talked about this on my Saturday show on the KSL Sports Zone. It's kind of the middle class or the, the, the middle class of college football. No real true behemoths or blue bloods or leviathans, whatever you want to term it, reside in this conference after this year when Texas and Oklahoma exit. And obviously the four uh, Big, Tw- no, the pa- Big 12, the four Pac-12 schools join the conference. Not a one of them uh, really has a major brand. I would argue strongly that the be- the biggest brands in-, in the conference going forward are BYU, Oklahoma State, Kansas because of basketball, and probably Utah just because of their profile raising recently with the Rose Bowl. That's the thing about this. But even then, they're not necessarily, like I said, true household names. That's And I know that sounds negative, but at the same time, it's actually a really good spot to build from because every single team in this conference, all 16 members beginning in 2024, they've all got to be thinking, every single one of them. We have an opportunity to go out and make a name for ourselves and really increase our brand on a national stage because there are going to be TV windows that these programs are playing in that they'll obviously have the spotlight on them. And if you you really go out there and succeed on the gridiron, in particular when it comes to football, that seems to be the biggest uh, brand builder when it comes uh, to collegiate athletics. It's going to be a big opportunity. But getting back to the original point, it's very positive news that the Big 12 has come to a consensus saying, you know what, we're all just going to go in equal. We're, we're going to split the pie for what it is. And obviously, the contractually, it kicks in in 2025 with the $31.7 million. And that's just the first year of the media rights deal. It's going to kick up from there. So Good news all the way around, it feels like, and obviously BYU uh, very much on an equal footing with Utah, no matter how much their fan bases may disagree with one another. All right, coming up here in just a minute, uh, we'll flip over. Had a great chance, uh, not a great chance, a great opportunity to get out to BYU football practice yesterday. Observed a few things. We'll share those, and we'll also talk one-on-one. BYU wide receiver Darius Lasser, a newcomer to the program, a guy who's got deep ties in Big 12 country, not to BYU, but to another uh, program, a proud program in that conference. He'll explain all that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Now, first a word on our friends over at Bird Dogs. Of course, they've been working on this for a few months now. The best part of Bird Dogs is they make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. I can attest to this. They actually fit phenomenal. Bird Dogs shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. And they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton that doesn't breathe. They fix that issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice all of that movement. Bird, dog also, bird Dogs, excuse me, also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric to keep you cool and dry all day long and the best part is uh, they are a phenomenal product in and of itself so go to birddogs.com slash locked on college right now or enter the promo code locked on college to get a free white tech hat with your order I have um, I've got an order coming very shortly looking forward to checking out this hat uh, from our friends at bird dogs that's birddogs.com slash locked on college using that promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat from our friends at bird dogs you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you. 
Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up on tomorrow's show, I'm going to be out of BYU Photo Day today, expecting to collect a number of interviews. So stay tuned. We'll have some of those for you guys on tomorrow's podcast and also whatever else is happening in the Big 12. There's a lot happening, obviously, looking to the future of this conference with BYU involved, the University of Utah. There's just a lot of change, it feels like, that's on the horizon for this conference. And we continue to kind of hear tidbits of how things are going to look for the conference moving forward and very much looking forward to breaking all that down. So stay tuned for that on our Thursday edition of the podcast. By the way, coming up uh, later in the week, uh, we are going to get to our mailbag. Friday was when we do it. If you want have questions you'd like answered, you can start submitting those now via social media or email us or even drop us a DM on uh, Twitter, etc. Nothing more than to have your voice heard on this program. All right. BYU football practice, day seven yesterday, wrapping up, uh, actually not wrapping up, beginning uh, the second week uh, of BYU practices. They're going to be practicing throughout this week, getting ready for the upcoming season opener against Sam Houston State. As I mentioned, they're going to have BYU photo day today, so expect to see a number of photos coming out of that. Obviously, like I said, we'll get some interviews from that. And then they're going to have their first scrimmage on Saturday as they kind of grind their way to the start of the season. The biggest thing about this, by the end of this week, you enter what they call, and if it hasn't happened already, called the dog days of training camp. It's when it really just kind of wears on guys. And we saw some feistiness yesterday out there on the football field. There was a fight uh, that broke out during the media observation window, punches thrown, but uh, Kalani Satake talked about it after practice and said, you know what, I like the aggressiveness. We just can't have guys throwing punches because if you throw a punch in a football game, uh, A, you're getting a flag. It's a 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct and B, you're potentially being uh, ejected from the game depending on the severity of how the, uh, the referees decide to uh, adjudicate uh, the situation. So that's something you've absolutely got to be aware of if you're a BYU football player and I think Kalani and his, uh, and his uh, coaches made that very clear to the players involved in that skirmish yesterday. Other things I took away from yesterday, it was very good to see Isaac Rex have a very very, very solid day. Now, uh, Rex is uh, very much a guy that BYU is relying on this year, the tight end position. The nice part is beyond him at tight end, it feels like they have a lot more depth this year, guys who are able to contribute. I did not see Mason Wake out there at practice yesterday. There have been some rumors about him potentially being injured. I don't know anything officially on that front, but he was not at practice. I can just I can add that tidbit to it. If he was at practice, I, he was not participating in the team portion of uh, or the media observation portion, which is mainly team stuff. Uh, but Isaac Rex had a phenomenal touchdown catch over Malik Moore. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily the the right play call defensively because there was some uh, confusion right before the snap on that play. But Malik Moore went up. Isaac Rex just used all of his six foot six frame, and uh, they used the term "mossed." Randy mossed him. He absolutely mossed him for that touchdown catch in a goal line situation. Uh, very good to see Isaac Rex have a good day. Ryder Burton had a phenomenal day. Had a touchdown strike to JoJo Phillips that covered more than sixty yards. Now Phillips, uh, Brandon Burton. Brandon Bradley, the former BYU defensive back, now on the staff at BYU, was complaining to the referees in attendance. He pushed off, speaking of JoJo Phillips. But the thing about it is it's just a phenomenal pitch and catch. Phenomenal throw by Ryder Burton. He has got an absolutely electric arm. When he is on his on point, he's really, really good. He also had a phenomenal modified wheel route. He was scrambling out of the pocket. LJ Martin, a fellow freshman, 
uh, worked his way up the field and throws a strike to the outside shoulder. Speaking of Burton to LJ Martin, who, by the way, LJ Martin looks the part. He looks like, unlike a lot of freshman running backs who come in and need to bulk up, he does not look like that. He looks the part. And we'll see if he's able to really kind of make a move up the depth chart. But Ryder Burton, for for one day, looked very, very good. I'm not saying that other quarterbacks didn't because Keaton Slovis was absolutely on point. He threw that touchdown pass to Isaac Rex, had a great uh, showing in uh, team goal line situations, looked very poised, uh, kind of uh, just reading the defense and throwing the ball in there in tight windows. Talmadge Gunther had a phenomenal touchdown catch in that same uh, team goal line situation. Uh, the B-roll film the BYU sent out showed Gal- uh, Gunther actually catching another pass on the sideline. The only thing I love about Talmadge Gunther is he may not be the most physical, physically gifted wide receiver out there, but what he is is he is a hard-nosed football player that you give him an opportunity to catch the ball, he's going to absolutely go after it and get it. So uh, good to see that. Now other things, uh, Taylor Alfrey had an interception off of a tip drill. Uh, it was originally uh, Jacob Robinson broke it up. Uh, Ethan Slade came scrambling over, tipped up in the air, and Taylor Alfrey tracked it with his eyes and picked it off. It was a good play by him uh, on that. And also uh, Bruce Mitchell had a phenomenal tackle for loss uh, during that team uh, portion, uh, getting through the line and obviously stuffing the running back in the backfield. Was, I believe it was Miles Davis. Yeah, Miles Davis on that. So uh, some really, really good things coming out of practice. And uh, I continue to see guys who stand out. Like Jaden Dunlap is a guy who had a pass breakup in that team drill on, on the goal line, just uh, got his hand in there and swatted the ball away. So there are guys who are making impressions during training camp. Is it ultimately going to pan out where they're going to be big difference makers for the BYU football program? Well, there's still plenty of time to go in training camp, but there are, there are players who are continuing to really establish themselves. One guy who is doing that, and this comes from my own observations as well as talking with people around the BYU football program, is wide receiver Darius Lassiter. Obviously a guy who went the junior college route before spending one year this past year at Eastern Michigan and then transfer, transferring to BYU here. Had a great Great opportunity to catch up with him, talk about his connections to the Big 12, how he's fitting in in training camp at BYU, and also a little bit about his favorite part or parts of being in Utah so far. Without further ado, here you go, Darius Lasseter with myself right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. You come from the junior college ranks as well as EMU, yeah. but what's the experience been like so far in training camp from BYU? Uh, I just it's just been a little bit more professional here. Um, <laughs> We kind of we kind of had things to like implement and go throughout the day, and then fall camp wise, they kind of take care take care of us more here, uh, okay. just with like having some days off or just modifying us in certain situations. So I, I say it just it feels a little bit more professional here. Okay, so yeah. how is the elevation difference? Uh, it I mean I can't really tell the elevation difference. Okay. So like that hasn't really bothered me. People when I did come on my visit though, they said that. Uh, that might be a problem that I might face, but I haven't, I haven't felt the difference. Uh, so you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. That's all. It's all that I yeah. think indicates in that circumstance. Now you had the one year at Eastern Michigan. Uh, what ultimately led you to say, you know what, I need to look somewhere else? Uh, so well, really, we had a lot of players leave and go to the draft. Okay. And all that, and then a lot of seniors. Um, and then our quarterback situation was kind of shaky. Mm-hmm. Our, our backup guy, he uh, he was our runner last year, and um, just going through spring ball last. Uh, in the spring, I just felt like it'd be better for me to leave. We kind of weren't connecting on a lot of passes, and our offense kind of wasn't changing up. So I just felt like even best for me in my career, trying to pursue a bigger level, uh, just going on and answering transport, see what I see what I had to offer. Now, obviously, BYU making the jump to the Big 12 here. How excited are you for that part of it? Oh yeah, nah, I'm, well, that that's that's jumped out at me. Uh, 
just getting a chance to play my brother. At, I, was gonna, uh, I was gonna ask about yeah, him in a oh, second. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Just, just getting a chance to be in the Big 12 and uh -huh. uh, just playing on different level of football. Uh, you don't see this kind of competition in the MAC, so uh, just having the opportunity to show what I can do versus top top talent that's re that really draw me. How how much did you give any thought to joining your brother at Kansas? What was the situation there? Uh, a little bit. Okay. I, I I did give a little bit of thought in joining him there, but um. I just felt like this was a better opportunity for me. Okay. Um, just being in the air raid offense and then being in Coach A-Rod's offense and being coached by Coach Chessie. Mm -hmm. um, they produce a lot of talent, have great quarterback history. I just felt like it was better for me to come here. Uh, obviously, you've got a family legacy at Kansas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So is it, is it fun to know, hey, even though I'm not going to be playing at another university, I get the chance to play against the Jayhawks? Yeah, uh, most definitely. Uh, just being my whole family going to Kansas and all that, my two brothers and then my yeah. dad, um, just having the opportunity to go in there and beat them. Uh, kind of had a little villain story in the family. Uh, I, that, that feels great to me. Um, just, just having the opportunity to go out there and, and play against my brother. We, we always dreamed about doing that in college. Um, so just being able to actually have it happen week four, uh, it's a blessing. He's a defensive back, right? Yeah. So do you have hopes that oh, yeah. go one-on-one? -on -one? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Are you going to be telling Coach A-Rod, hey, I need you to scheme it so... I, 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 He's been telling his coaches that he need to get on me. I've been telling him, I'm going to start telling my coaches I need to get on him. Okay. What would you describe your your skill set as, as a wide receiver? Uh, I, well, I feel like any receiver with a, with a mindset like mine would say, it's not too many things that they can't do uh, yeah. as a receiver, but mm -hmm. I feel like just my just my playmaking ability, uh, just being somebody that's that's bigger, longer, uh, you kind of don't see wasted movements out of mm -hmm. breaks and route running uh, that you see a lot of smaller people. I feel like I can I can run routes, catch the ball with with the best of them, the small, it don't matter, small, big. I feel like I feel like I can do it all. Now I, I saw some of the highlights of your bowl game, and you had a pretty impressive performance what, what what led to that was that kind of all your skill sets finally on display uh, uh really uh i was because i was coming off the bench at the time yeah. so uh i i told my mom i said i told her i was gonna have a big game i told her like a week before i said i was gonna have at least 102 touchdowns that game so um i just felt like the my, my coach gave me the opportunity um we needed we were down early we needed a spark uh and i so happened to be that spark off the bench now you've been working with Keelan, obviously as newcomers, but the other guys, the uh, Keanu, Cody, and Chase. What's it been like with you guys as wide receivers as a core? Uh, they, they've been they've been super helpful since I got here. Um, mm -hmm. Just before that, just reaching out, talking to me, and then going before we even started fall camp, going over plays and PRP. Mm -hmm. They just they they make you feel welcome. Like you, a lot of places you might see some people they help you, but mm -hmm. they also trying to shy away because they know that you play in the same position as them. But they, they don't shy away from competition at all. So they know that if we want to be the best, we, we got we to gotta have everybody on, on the same page and on board together. What's it been like working with Coach Fessy so, so, so far? Uh, it's, it's, been, it's been special. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You're going to get, you're gonna get the, the goofy part out yeah. of him, and then you're going to get the, the part that's, that's football. But he, he, he makes coming out here a great time, like just being able to come out here with all these other guys and then what we work on um, we kind of work on different drills better drills than what I had at Eastern Michigan my receiver coach last year uh, he was he was great but uh, our head coach kind of like shackled him to do some things that we could do to just open our toolbox mm -hmm. and coach Fessy just gives us a wide range to do anything that we want um, as long as it's you know what I'm saying it doesn't do take, your assignment yeah. yeah yeah to my assignment but yeah, yeah just 
just gave us the freedom to go out there and be ourselves. That's what I like the most, that he just lets us be receivers and not try to be robots. Okay, last thing for me, favorite thing about Utah so far? Uh, I'd probably say how friendly everyone here. Okay. Uh, just, just going around and just having people have conversations with you just <laughs> because just cause they just having a, a great day themselves. So I'd probably say that. Well, Darius, thank you for some time. Thank you for having me. There you have it. Darius Lasseter, BYU wide receiver, very much enjoying the community aspect around BYU and the greater Provo area. And a big thank you to him for taking the time. But, man, that, that Kansas game with the Lasseter family in and of itself should be a fun one. Brother currently on the roster for the Jayhawks. You heard him talk about the fact he's going to be talking to Fessy Satake and Aaron Roderick saying, hey, let me go one-on-one with him. He said his brother's saying the same thing to his coaches at Kansas. Family, older brother, as well as dad, played for the Jayhawks. Uh, a little bit of a black sheep situation here for Darius Lasseter, but uh, he has every intention of obviously uh, getting one over on the family and getting a win as a member of the BYU football program. Very impressed with that young man. Had a great conversation with him and a huge thank you to him once again for taking the time to join us right here on the podcast. All right, we will wrap up today's show coming up here in just a minute. Need to talk about another game in BYU football history looking back at the 2021 season. Absolutely wild, wild game against Virginia. We're going to break that down. And also, you've learned who BYU will play in the Vegas showdown on Thanksgiving night. We'll get to all that as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Now, first a word on our friends over at FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, my friends, and FanDuel wants to give you the chance to win big all season long. It's really simple here. All you got to do is you bet on a Super Bowl winner. So I'm a 49ers homer. I'm going to pick my 49ers to win it. You can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Think about that. Most Super Bowl teams win, what, 15, 16 games in the regular season? Maybe a bit, maybe 13, but still. Lots of wins, lots of bonus bets coming your way from our friends at FanDuel. You can use those bonus bets throughout the upcoming season on spreads, player props, over-unders, and even other games in the upcoming NFL season if you got a good feeling about some matchups. Get on it right now, my friends, and take advantage of this opportunity from our friends at FanDuel. So all you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning those bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more now. That's FanDuel, official sports betting partner with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Also brought to you today by our friends over at UCCU. UCCU has a new feature on their mobile banking app. It's called Learn and Earn that pays your entire family to learn about money. Think about this. Kids look to parents to become financially literate. Parents I'm a parent, don't always know the answers. I admit, I don't know all of them. Learn and Earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that accrue and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more, my friends. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against one another and track their progress on leaderboards, and it is inside. That Learn and Earn feature is inside of the UCCU mobile banking app, so play at any time, anywhere. You think about it, you have so much downtime, you can take advantage of that opportunity. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Think about that. I'm a poet, I'm actually reading the copy, but nonetheless, great stuff, all the same. Earn and earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping teens, parents, and kids all have fun while becoming more financially literate together. That's UCCU, love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Cougars a part of your routine, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic Wednesday whenever you hear this. I uh, learned yesterday that BYU men's basketball will take part in the 2023 Vegas Showdown. And as you might expect, BYU is going to get an early Big 12 preview of future conference foe Arizona State. It's a four-team tournament that takes place November 23rd and 24th at Michelob Ultra Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, Vanderbilt and NC State will open tournament play on Thursday, November 23rd. That's Thanksgiving night at 7 o'clock Pacific time. That'll be 8 o'clock Mountain time. And 
And then in the late night window, 10 o'clock Mountain Time, BYU and ASU will square off. Then they'll play a championship and third place game the following day. So big opportunity for BYU. Every single one of those teams, Vanderbilt, NC State, and ASU, would be phenomenal wins to have on BYU's resume. Now, obviously, they're going to get ready to go to Croatia and Italy here in the next week or so and have an opportunity to kind of gel as a team. Well, they have some new signings on the roster, TBD, because they have two open scholarships right now. And obviously, I think BYU would love to have those filled. But uh, for the time being, no such luck on that front. But uh, obviously, best of luck to Mark Pope and his squad as they get uh, ready for the upcoming season. Now, looking back uh, on our final note of today's show, at BYU's 2021 season, we talked yesterday about a gritty, uh, just kind of grinded out, get right game for BYU against Washington State. They returned home the following week, and we're hosting the Virginia Cavaliers. Now, at this time, Virginia was led by Bronco Mendenhall and his staff of uh, former BYU alumnus as well as coaches. Kelly Papinga, who's now back at BYU, is on this staff as the co-defensive coordinator, and this was an absolute barn burner of a game. Any of you who watched it know exactly what I'm talking about. In the first half alone, Virginia scores 42 points, including an absolutely monstrous 35 points in the second quarter alone. Brendan Armstrong just looked unstoppable. The nice part is BYU, led by Tyler Algier looked fairly unstoppable in their own right. It felt like this could be a track meet game and ended up in a track meet type score. It was 42-38 to at halftime, but BYU seemingly could not get a stop in that second quarter, and it felt like this game was tipping a little bit uh, in favor of Virginia. I will give Elisa Tuiaki and Ed Lamb credit in this instance because they went into the locker room and tore up their entire game plan. I have it on very good authority. They walked into the locker room and said, guys, what we've been doing isn't working. We're tearing it up, and we're going to drop it. We're keeping everything in front of us. We're going to rally to the football. And in this circumstance, it worked. I am concerned, though, that the fact that they tore up the game plan and did what they did to win this game, they ultimately won at 66-49. to They scored 28 points in the four, uh, third and fourth quarters, 21 of them in the fourth quarter alone, to run away with the victory, 66-49. to But the thing about it was is that it felt like in some ways after this game, BYU felt almost in a way reliant on that drop eight scheme in terms of their overall defensive philosophy. In this game, Jaron Hall, 22 of 37 for 349 yards and three touchdowns. Tyler Algier, monstrous, 29 carries, 266 yards, and obviously the five touchdowns in this game. BYU was absolutely rocking and rolling. They rushed for 385 yards as a team. Uh, Virginia was no slouch in this game, despite the second half uh, lackluster play. Brendan Armstrong, as you might recall, also did uh, go out of this game in the third quarter with what ultimately looked like it was a broken rib. I never necessarily understood what the ultimate injury was, but he was lost in this game and it kind of doomed uh, Virginia Virginia's chances in this game. But BYU gets the win. They ranked 25 fifth in the country at 6-2 and two in this game. Uh, Virginia was 6-2 and two in their own right, unranked in the matchup. But BYU moves to 7-2 and two and obviously uh, feeling pretty good about themselves with that defensive adjustment. Then the following week, we'll ta- tack this one on real quick. They did uh, follow that up with their annual uh, FCS game against Idaho State. Bengals were 1-7 in this game. Absolutely brutal team. Came in, got absolutely pasted by BYU, as you might expect, 59 to 14. Cougars had moved up to 15th in the country after that win over Virginia, got to 8 and 2 on the season. Uh, Jaron Hall passed for four touchdowns. Uh, just it was a very pedestrian game in many respects for BYU in this game because you didn't have to do much. Now, the most exciting play of this game for Idaho State actually might have been the final touchdown. Uh, some of you might recall Keanu Hill comes off the edge, blocks the punt, and recovers it in the end zone for a touchdown. It was a really, really fun play. You don't see a lot of blocked punts anymore in college football, and that was fun to see 
see that. But a uh, big win for BYU all the same. Baylor Romney did throw for a touchdown in this game as well. Tyler Algier, very pedestrian day. Six carries, 35 yards, but they didn't need him in this game as they rolled to the victory and obviously would get ready uh, for another matchup uh, coming up after that. But huge wins for BYU. Got themselves uh, up and rolling once again after those back-to-back losses early on in that 2021 campaign. And then they would uh, head on the road. The Idaho State game was their... Uh, Senior day, very early senior day, by the way, November 6th of all things. They would take a bye week after that game against Idaho State, and then we would go out on the road for the final two games of the year at Georgia Southern and and the game at USC. We'll talk about those games coming up on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. So there you go. That's everything you guys need to know about on today's show. A big thank you for all of your support. Uh, by the way, if you have, uh, I've had a number of you reach out from uh, having won your gear uh, that we gave away on yesterday's podcast. If you were listening today and you d- want to see if you won, go back and listen to the final stands of yesterday's podcast. Uh, I'll be able to tell you if you won or not. I'll also be reaching out to those who have not heard back from all, all the same as well. Planning to get all that stuff mailed out and or delivered at, at some point this week. So bear with me as we kind of work through the logistics of that. But a big thank you all the same for all of you guys uh, making it your first listen today here on the podcast, as well as being every day is with us right here on Locked On Cougars as well. Until tomorrow, my friends, have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll join you guys again on Thursday right here on Locked On Cougars. See ya.